had a wonderful message there, and uh, that is what it is all about, is uh, seeking to reach the world. And, and that's, uh, that's our call. That's our commission. That's, um, that's the voice that God has given to us, uh, that uh, ministry of uh, witnessing and, and uh, sharing our faith in Christ. So I'm, I'm uh, really grateful for our guys and girls and grateful for our parents and uh, just asking the Lord to raise up an army for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, really, uh, more and more, I'm realizing that um, uh, when we live for self, what we, what we live for will be lost. But when we live for the Lord, it will be worth it all. Uh, Colossians 3, would you stand with me if you are able to as we read a portion of God's Word tonight? So, so good to be here in church on a Wednesday night. Thank you for being here and being faithful. Uh, we are in the midst of a very important section of Scripture, and some principles that we will share tonight are so uh, crucial and so very uh, important in reaching the world for Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll pick up here at verse 22, verse 22 of Colossians 3, and it reads, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. And then you go into chapter 4, and it reads, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Now tonight we're, we're going to look at uh, servants and, uh, and the role of a servant and the heart of a servant. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we will examine, well, Brother Booth next week, but uh, our next opportunity, we'll look at masters and uh, just examine employees and employers and uh, how important this is biblically uh, as, as far as our testimony for Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord uh, this evening. Uh, do you pray tonight that God would give us something that would be of value, of eternal value, that would make a difference in our hearts tonight. Father, I thank you. Uh, just again, this privilege of being in church tonight on this Wednesday night, this uh, middle of the week, and, and Lord, many have uh, just been faithful. I know we've got uh, those that have gotten off of work late, and, and yet they've come straight here to church, and uh, Lord, I, I just pray that we'd be blessed for uh, their time tonight, and Lord, that you would speak unto us, and I believe this section is so very important as we deal uh, with really putting into application our Christian life and, and living out uh, Christ in us and making an impact in our world as a result. Help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated uh, here this evening. It, uh, we are in this portion dealing with servants and masters right now. And, and as we've uh, said on several occasions, uh, this is the practical portion of the book of Colossians. And uh, we've seen that a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ should change everything about the way we live. I want you to go back to chapter 3 and verse number 1 and uh, this uh, statement, if ye then be risen with Christ, and uh, this is uh, uh, dealing now that we have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. And so uh, knowing Christ should change the way we live. And God then gives us guidance as to what he expects of us. He gives that guidance through his word. If you look in verse 16 of Colossians 3, 
He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And it is God's word that guides us. And he says in verse 17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And I I believe with anything, we ought to ask ourselves, is this something that glorifies the Lord? Is this something that is pleasing to Jesus Christ? Is this something that if the Lord were to come right now uh, and I were to be caught in this situation, is this something that would be honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ? That ought to be my life and and how I live uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as we've said, it's not how much you know that makes the difference, but it's how much of what you put into practice of what you know that makes the difference. Uh, I think there is a lack today of uh, biblical application in Christianity. And as a result of that lack of uh, biblical uh, application, um, really the lost world sees very little difference between themselves and a, a Christian. And there ought to be a mass uh, of difference. There ought to be a world of difference between those that know Christ and, uh, and those that don't know Christ. Now, as we come to chapters 3 and 4, this is the practical application, putting what we have been taught into application. It's doing the word of God for the glory of Christ. And it's so important, and if I can just stress this, so important to, uh, to approach God's word as being a doer of God's word of being obedient to God's word, of seeking to do what God's will. As we read the Bible, as we come to preaching, we ought to be asking ourselves, what is it, Lord, that you're teaching me? How can I put this into application? How can I make this work in my life? And so it gets down really to the nuts and bolts, to the nitty-gritty, down to the very base here in Colossians. Uh, If you look in chapter 3, verse number 5, he begins by dealing with our personal lives. And he tells us, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth now that you're saved. And he deals with sexual sin, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh, He says in verse number 8, and then this deals with the heart of the matter. Uh, But now uh, you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. That's the old man. That's who we were uh, before we, we, we met Christ. And he says in chapter 3, verse number 10, now put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. He says in verse number 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And and so he's telling us, uh, now that you're saved, put off that old, uh, put on the new, and be renewed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let Christ live the Christian life through you. And I've said several times, it's impossible for you to live the Christian life. You will be frustrated. Your flesh cannot do it. It has to be the power of the Holy Spirit of God living the Christian life through you. It's a miracle that God works in our lives. And so that's the personal Christian life. Then we move to the family. And uh, so he begins to deal with the family. We talked about this last week, uh, relationships between husbands and wives. And it's a representation of the church. Christ loved the church, gave himself for it. He says, as Christ loved the church, husbands, you're to love your wives. 
He says, wives, you're to be submissive to your husbands. And our homes and even across Christianity are in a world of hurt today. And it's simply because we're not doers of the word, but we've been hearers only, not putting the word of God into application. And so that's the relationship of husbands and wives. Then the relationships between parents and children. And he speaks of children, be obedient unto your parents in all things. And then he speaks of parents, provoke not your children to wrath. And, and uh, we talked about some practical aspects of, uh, of parents and uh, bringing up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Now tonight, we're going to get down to the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of our jobs, of our work uh, ethic, of our of our careers uh, and uh, this aspect of the Christian life. This section of scripture is so needed today. Christianity has developed a bad reputation in the eyes of many, and really it's the poor testimonies of, of Christians, even in the work world, in the workforce, um, employees or employers that have not uh, maybe claimed the name of Christ but not lived the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sadly, the world doesn't see much difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. There ought to be a world of difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. I, I believe a Christian ought to be the best employee uh, as possible. I believe a, a Christian ought to be the best employer, and it ought to make the difference between employees and employers, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, tonight we're going to focus upon employer, uh, employing employees, uh, one who works for another, now, in our context, and, and we understand in the Roman world, uh, slavery uh, was a part of the Roman world. In fact, in some regions of Rome, as much as, as 50% of the population uh, was involved in, in slavery. Uh, in um, the book of Philemon, we have an illustration of uh, Philemon, who was an owner, and Onesimus, who was the, the slave. And uh, the slave ran away from the owner, and uh, Paul writes uh, to Philemon, and he had led Onesimus to the Lord, evidently, and, and uh, now he's sending him back to his owner. And, and Paul is writing that letter to encourage Philemon to receive Onesimus back and, uh, as unto the Lord. And, uh, but for us, the application in our society, in our culture, would be employees and employers. And so we're going to look at uh, this tonight, and, and I want to and I want to encourage you. I'm going to give some things here tonight. I want to encourage you to write this down, uh, take some notes, and then uh, just kind of uh, meditate upon this afterwards. I think what we'll give you is uh, not only practical in the workforce, but it's practical in your home. It's going to be practical uh, in church. It's going to be practical in any area where you are under authority or over authority. Uh, and uh, so it'll be very, I hope, helpful to you. Uh, let's look first of all at God's expectation for servants, for employees. Uh, verse number 22, God's expectation. He said, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Very similar thought given in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 5. Uh, here God expects obedience from servants toward their masters. Uh, he says, obey in all things. Uh, very similar to what he said of children. Children, obey your parents in all things. In verse number 20, obey in all things. Now remember, Satan is the author of rebellion. And when we come to Christ, we submit our lives under uh, his care, under the, the care of the Lord Jesus Christ. And 
we are sure enough living in a very rebellious society today. And I believe that Satan is the author of this rebellion. Now, the old man, uh, that nature without Jesus Christ, was disobedient. It was rebellious by nature. Uh, the Bible says, You with the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That was our life before we knew Jesus Christ. But now the new man is created after the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Philippians chapter 2, we have that mind of Christ. It was the mind of humility. It was the mind of submission to his Father. And that nature that was in Jesus Christ is to be our nature. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, of course, uh, always take Scripture into context. We never disobey God. Uh, our, our first obligation is to be always obedient unto the Lord. In Acts chapters 4 and 5, the apostles were commanded not to preach or teach at all in the name of the Lord Jesus, but they maintained um, this attitude, we must obey God rather than men. Uh, but as you look at that scripture, uh, they were very respectful. Their attitude was still an attitude of submission. Even though they could not follow that direction, they had to first be obedient unto God. They were still respectful toward their authority. Uh, Daniel chapter 1 is another prime example. Uh, although Daniel could not follow the direct orders of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, it's very evident that he was loyal and submissive unto Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he made a proper appeal with a proper attitude. And then Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6, when asked not to uh, pray to any other god, went into his room as he had always done and opened the windows toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day as he had always done. And so he would obey God, but he would maintain the attitude of obedience or the attitude of respect. Now notice again verse 22, and this is important. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. As we've said throughout this section, God is a God of order. And everything that God does is Ordered, And all of us have authorities over us, uh, government, uh, home, uh, church, work. Uh, we are under authority, and in many cases, all of us have positions of authority over others. And I've uh, found this to be a principle in the Word of God. You can never be a good leader until you're a good follower. Uh, you can never lead others until you know and understand how to follow others. Uh, I, I think the Lord, uh, in many cases, the military and those that have been through the military, they understand this principle uh, of order, this principle of authority. And it doesn't mean that a sergeant or one over authority is a better person. Uh, it simply means this order or this position in life that God has established as a God of order. And, and our obedience to God recognizes God's order, or this obedience to others, to authority, recognizes God's order. Now, I want to give you, and, and I would encourage you to write these down. These are just some things, no particular order in what I'm writing down. Uh, but uh, I'm going to give you some things that I, I learned from my dad, some things that uh, I, my dad, this is, was a very strong point for him. Uh, uh, he, he was um, uh, farmed in partnership with my grandpa. I watched their relationship, and uh, what a powerful relationship. What a testimony it was to me and the teachings 
uh, not only in his life, but the teachings that he gave to me. But I believe also uh, reading through the book of Proverbs and teaching this uh, over and over in my home as uh, my children were younger and, and growing up. Uh, the book of Proverbs deals with these principles uh, so thoroughly. And I want to just give you some practical things, some practical guidelines, some things that uh, can apply at your workplace or some play, things that can apply in your home, some things that can apply uh, here in church. Uh, anytime you are under authority, these are principles that you can put into application. I'll just list these off. Uh, number one, be humble, be submissive to authority. It's taught very uh, thoroughly in both the book of Colossians and the book of 1 Peter. Uh, they emphasize this purposefully. Put yourself under the authority of those that God has placed over you. That was the mind of Christ. He submitted to his Father's will. He said, my meat is to do the will of my Father which has sent me. That was the mind and the heart of Christ. So be humble, submissive to authority. Number two, be a servant to authority. See, that again was the mind of Christ. He served the Father and he served us. And uh, we should serve both those above us and those under us. Uh, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, we uh, are to put others first. And uh, he says uh, we, we ought to put Christ first and others next and self uh, last. And that would be the, uh, the principle of Philippians chapter 2. I, I believe in, in this thought of being a servant to authority. Uh, make your boss the best boss you can make him to be. You ought to seek to serve that boss. Make him look good. And then lift those that are under you up. In other words, be a servant also to them, fathers. Uh, even though God has given you the position of, of leadership within the home, it does not mean dictatorship. I believe that God has established servant leadership. And being a servant to your wife and being a servant even to your children. And that's the mind and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was submissive and a servant to his father, but he came into this world to be a servant unto us. And uh, that was his mind, to be a servant to authority. Number three, and this is dealt with in our scripture here, be obedient to authority. Don't have a rebellious, disrespectful heart. Uh, always be obedient to the authority that God has given to you. Have the heart of obedience, a mind of obedience. Don't come across as a rebel. Uh, don't come across as a, as a know-it-all, uh, but be humble and, uh, in that. Number four, be teachable. That's very important. Be teachable. Learn all you can from those that are over you. Ask questions. Watch. Listen. Find out their heartbeats. You ought to, ought to seek to find out what, what are the goals of your boss? What is he trying to accomplish? What, uh, what, uh, what, is, what makes him tick? Uh, in other words, uh, what, uh, what is he, uh, what, are his, his, uh, what is his purpose? What is he accomplishing? Uh, ought to be teachable in this. Don't ever get to the point that you think you know it all. And if I can share young people, and it uh, doesn't matter what age, I still learn from my daddy. Uh, he's still my counselor. I thank the Lord for him. And uh, learn, be teachable uh, in the home. Uh, young people, uh, listen to your parents. There, there's going to come a day, I, I guarantee every parent in here can tell you this. Uh, if they could go back 
uh, they wouldn't have had the attitude that they thought they knew it all back then. If they could go back, they, they would have learned from their parents what they could learn. And I guarantee you every, every person uh, would have done that. Uh, do that in your home. Uh, in church, be teachable. Uh, don't ever gain the attitude, I've heard that message before. I've, I've uh, heard preaching out of that scripture before. I need to be preached at myself, and I don't know that I've ever sat in a church service where uh, there wasn't something that I could learn. There wasn't something that I could go from or go through. I, I thank the Lord on, on Sunday night that that message uh, from Brother Netterville. What a blessing. And uh, he reminded me of Brother Wilkins. I felt like I was listening to another one of Brother Wilkins' messages on Sunday night. But what it good? It was good. It was a blessing. And it was what I needed at that time. But it was a challenge uh, to my heart there. We always need to have a teachable spirit. And at work, um, always continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to develop yourself. And, and uh, always very important. Uh, the, the same thing in school. Uh, students, be teachable. Uh, uh, be teachable. I, I, I look back and, and uh, back in sports, I saw some guys that were very talented, but they were not teachable. And I saw some guys that maybe didn't have as much talent, but they became great football players or basketball players because the coach was able to give them directions and they were able to learn from their coach. But I saw some guys who thought, I'm above this, I already know, and I'm already good enough, I don't need this. And, and uh, you know, really, they were limited in how far they could go. And so always maintain a teachable attitude. Be attentive, be attentive. Uh, that's the teaching of Proverbs. Uh, learn to listen, uh, pay attention, be attentive. Uh, you'll find this principle over and over and over taught in the book of Proverbs. I, I thank the Lord for my dad. When he would give directions, he expected us to listen and to gain those directions the first time, not to have to be told over and over and over and over and over again, but to be attentive to what he spoke. Uh, number six, be respectful. Be respectful. Your authorities won't always be right. Uh, parents, how many of you have always been right? Okay, not a one of you. And uh, your boss is not always going to be right. But pray for those that are over you. Respect their position. Respect their authority. Do you know, I, I find this, and, and I found this out in life. God will often give to your authority what he will not give to you. Did you, did you hear that? Sometimes God will give an insight to an authority that he won't necessarily give to you and he'll expect you to learn that from the authority uh, in being respectful don't get angry or argumentative with your authority don't gossip or, uh, a gossip or whisper behind their back how many times i would go to work and it, it just uh, it just uh, tears you up inside because i i would go and worked at a lumber yard but i would hear the guys before the boss they would smile at the boss and be respectful to the boss but behind the back of the boss they would talk about that boss and i'm thinking this is the guy that's writing your paycheck and yet here you are talking and gossiping about the boss and that's disrespectful uh, don't undermine the authority of those that are over you don't undermine their authority and and this in being respectful uh, this is so important a principle uh, don't ever let a wedge come between you if you can keep this between your, your authority, uh, I would say young people, don't let a wedge come between you and your parents. Uh, always keep an open door. Don't let a wedge come between you and your pastor. 
Okay, don't, don't let a wedge come there. C communicate in that. Don't let, let a wedge come between you and your boss. Uh, be respectful of that position of authority. Number seven, be dependable, faithful, on time, doing your best. That ought, that ought to be a simple. Uh, Talked to a guy that used to manage the Alsops here in Española. He'd come from Fort Worth to manage the Alsops. And uh, he said, I've never seen a place like this. He said, I hired a guy one day, expecting to be there the next day. He didn't show up for work the very first day. And he says, some of the guys that I hired, they come in 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes late. And they never tell me that they're going to be late. And uh, so that's, uh, that's not being dependable. That's not being faithful. Uh, number eight, be accountable. Uh, report when you're not going to be there. Something comes up. Uh, uh, not able to be present. Always communicate. Uh, now, let me give you this thought even the home. You know, my wife and I, uh, if I go away or I'm out of town, I always communicate where I'm at, communicate when I'm going to be home, uh, communicate um, uh, just uh, as my trip home as I came back from Arkansas, arrived in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City filling up with gas, got to Amarillo in Amarillo, uh, got to Santa Fe in Santa Fe, and just uh, communicating uh, where, where we are. Nothing wrong with that communication. I, I believe young people, communicate with your parents. Uh, don't ever feel like you uh, are on your own uh, on this. We're under authority. Have a, have a mindset of, of humility in this. And, and uh, carry this thought to your workplace, uh, always communicating with that boss. I'm just trying to give you some practical things here that I believe are biblical, make you a better employee in this. You know, as a pastor, I appreciate accountability. I appreciate it when people are not going to be in church. Pastor, here's what's come up, and this is the case. And uh, that, uh, that is a great, great blessing, just the accountability uh, that we have. Number nine, be diligent, uh, hardworking, not lazy, doing your best. Uh, I think a Christian ought to give a full eight hours if he's getting paid for eight hours. Uh, number 10, be loyal. We are living in such a disloyal world today. Uh, disloyalty, college sports today, this, uh, this transfer. A guy will go to college one year, uh, somebody will help him uh, in basketball to better himself, and then all of a sudden he thinks, I've arrived, I'm going to go find the big school now. And there's no more loyalty today, no more loyalty in the workforce today. Be loyal. Uh, and all of it is today about me, 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 me. And uh, there's not this servant heart or certain attitude. Uh, loyalty has gone by the wayside. You need to be loyal in your homes and loyal to your families and loyal in our churches and loyal in the workforce. And again, don't gossip about those that God has placed over you. Uh, number 11, be trustworthy. Can your boss depend upon you? Uh, can others depend upon you? Now, number 12, this is important. Be forgiving. Uh, bitterness and distrust have crept into our society today, and everybody's hurt about something. We, we live, it's just a world of hurt people today. And uh, we, we need to get over hurt, okay? And we need to learn to be forgiving. You're going to let people down. People are going to let you down. Uh, we live in a sinful world, and it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And uh, we've got to have the mind of Christ, and it's that mind in Ephesians chapter 4, putting off that old man, uh, putting on the new man. And uh, here's just this thought. Treat those that are over you as you would want to be treated if you were over them. Wouldn't that make a lot of sense? In other words, if you were the boss, how would you want to be treated? And give that mindset or that thought. God's expectation for servants. Uh, these are just some practical things that will help you to be a better employee. 
Now let's go back to Colossians chapter 3. And uh, let's look at God's motivation for servants. God's motivation for servants. Uh, our service is to be as unto the Lord. Servants obey in all things. Verse 22, Colossians 3, your masters according to the flesh. Notice this statement, not with eye service. I looked that up, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And what that means, attendance to duty only when being watched or under inspection. In other words, you only do your best when your boss is watching you. That's eye service. Uh, I told about a guy that I used to work with. When the boss was there, he was a good worker. But when the boss wasn't there, he sat in the office and uh, was pretty worthless up here. He says, not with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, not seeking to please men, but rather seeking to please God. Christians have a deeper motivation. Notice again, verse 22. He said, in singleness of heart, fearing God. Uh, we look beyond men to our heavenly Father and our devotion and our service is as unto him. That will make you a better employee if you give your service as unto God. In verse number 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. That seems to be the motivation of Daniel uh, towards Nebuchadnezzar, towards Darius. He did it as unto the Lord. He was a great servant. He was a great employee, uh, but he did it as unto God. And that's so evident in his mindset that he would not be defiled with the portion of the king's meat. That was the mindset of Joseph. It was his motivation uh, with Potiphar. And this is why God blessed all that he did, because Joseph did it as unto the Lord. Uh, Joseph in prison did his service in prison as unto the Lord when he was falsely accused. And Joseph before Pharaoh served as unto the Lord, and God blessed all that he did. Uh, here's the truth. We serve the Lord, and our goal should be to glorify the Lord. And so the thought would be simple. Is Jesus pleased with my work ethic? Is he pleased with my obedience? Is he pleased with my attitude? Uh, because it's ultimately to Jesus that I will give an account. Uh, you can put this into the home, young people. Is Jesus pleased with your attitude toward your parents? Is he pleased with your attitude toward your teachers, toward your authorities, towards those that God has put into your life? That motivation will protect you. As First Peter tells us, not all uh, employers are good. Not all employers or masters are honorable. Uh, not all have our best interest in mind. But God does. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar did not necessarily have Daniel's best interest in mind, but God did. And because Daniel served the Lord, God promoted Daniel to a position. He was able to use him. That motivation of serving the Lord will keep us focused on the real goal. See, your goal in life should be to glorify God. Your goal in life is not even to get it to a higher position. Ought to be to glorify God. If God wants you to have the higher position, God can give you the position he wants you to have. Your goal in life ought to be to live for eternity. Your goal in life ought to be to influence souls for Jesus Christ. Ought to be to look at your testimony before our lost world. Does your life glorify Jesus Christ? That's the motivation of servants. And then chapter 3, verse 24. We have God's reward for servants. See, God rewards faithful service. And he says in verse 24, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. 
See, God rewards faithful service. Earthly authority may overlook or be blinded or take advantage or fail to reward faithful service. I worked for a lumber company, and they, they had told me when I first started that uh, after so much time, I would get a raise, and I arrived at that time, but they didn't keep their word. And, uh, but I realized that God knew my needs, and God would take care of the needs, and God would provide, and he did. He took care of every detail. I've heard people, you've heard this before, and heard people say something like this. They just don't appreciate me and what I do. So I'm going to take my service somewhere else. You ever hear that? Or I, they don't appreciate me as a husband. They don't appreciate me as a wife. I'll find a new mate. That's so ungodly. That's not God's way. See, marriage is till death do us part. And it's in good times and in bad times. Uh, I'll find another church. Even pastors have done this. The pastor, I've heard pastors make this statement. They just don't appreciate me. I'm going to go find a church that appreciates me. Uh, it never works that way. See, that's not the heart or the mindset. Our service is unto God. And God is the one that gives the reward for that service. Now, notice also when we serve the Lord, our reward comes from the Lord. He knows what we need. And he rewards even if earthly authorities do not reward. See, our goal is to be in the will of God and to be where God wants us to be, doing what God wants us to be doing. And God is the one that gives the reward. And I believe when we get to heaven, there are going to be people that this world may never have known, but they were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to be greatly rewarded by the Lord. They served as unto Christ, and they're going to be rewarded by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at uh, Colossians 3, verse number 25. Here's the opposite thought of this. He says, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. One day, we will all stand before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. And before the judgment seat of Christ, we will suffer loss of reward or gain of reward. No respect of persons with God. God doesn't judge as man judges. See, God knows the heart. God knows the motive. Did we please man or did we please God? And our goal is not to please men, but to please God. And if our service is to man, we're going to fall short. They can't always see us. Uh, if our service is as unto man, we can hide from man. But if our service is as unto Christ, we cannot hide from the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees us in every moment of our life. He knows our thoughts are far off. He knows our uprising, our downsitting. He knows every detail about us. We can't hide from the Lord. He knows everything about us. And so this is God's word to help us under authority to be the very best under authority that we can be. There's God's expectation, a heart of obedience, God's motivation as unto the Lord, and God's reward for faithful service as unto the Lord. With that, let's go to the Lord here this evening. And, uh,